Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with a guest to take a little wander into their life. In this episode, I'm delighted to be stomping in Malvern with retired SES soldier, TV personality and author, Mark Billingham, better known as Billy Billingham. If you've ever watched SES Who Dares Wins, you'll know Billy as one of the core team who pushed the contestants to their absolute limits giving them an as real as possible SAS experience. Billy is one of the UK's most decorated soldiers in the British Army's Special Air Service. He served in the SAS for 17 years in some of the most dangerous environments in the world, which is why he received both the Queen's Commendation for Bravery and an MBE. After leaving the SAS, Billy went on to become a bodyguard for the likes of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, Sir Michael Caine, Kate Moss, and even Tom Cruise. He's also written three fictional books, an autobiography, and of course, joined the core team on Channel 4's hugely popular show, SES Who Dares Wins. No matter where you're walking this week, or how far your route is, our new sponsor, FitFlop, is here to support you on your stomps. We've done an impressive amount of miles on the stomp car so far, and I've been kept supported by various pairs of trainers and shoes from FitFlop throughout. I've been wearing flip-flop for well over a year now. Powered by science, each shoe provides support for long periods of time thanks to the biomechanic testing that goes into every single pair. For those who might not know, biomechanics is the study of the human body and how it moves. And I can vouch for the fact that flip-flop shoes align incredibly well with my feet and natural walking style. I'm certain they'll be great for you too. Flip-flop uses biomechanics to ensure they provide all-day comfort. Honestly, it's so nice to go out for long stomps and not come back with achy feet at the end of the day. It's kind of like walking on clouds. If you're stood there now, ready for your stomp, looking at your old trainers, boots, or even sandals, and they're in need of an upgrade, head over to fitflop.com to choose their perfect replacement. I love the Vitamin FF trainers, which are made with a soft, springy, neodynamic midsole. The technology helps propel you forward and takes the pressure off your feet by reducing impact with every step. Billy, welcome to the Stompcast. No, it's a pleasure, mate. Thanks for the invite. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing time. It was funny because <laughs> I said to you, we, we basically planned to be in the car park where we agreed to meet here in Malvern yeah. about 40 minutes before because I was like, this, this gentleman is SAS. He's military. We need to be there, not just on time, but early. And we were stood there and it went three minutes past 12. We we're meeting at 12. And Charlie went, there's no way that he's late or in the wrong place, which means that we're in the wrong place and we're now late. <laughs> so yep. we rushed over. And uh, I'm very glad that you were quite relaxed and enjoying a bacon sandwich. Mate, you know, time is everything, isn't it? You, you, you did the right thing. You turn up early. I may have been around and did a quick recce, make sure that I was in the right place. <laughs> this but, is uh, your grounds. I think the thing is, I think it's nobody... more likely that you're in the right place than I am. Oh, yeah. 
I knew I was in the right place. Let's uh, let's start by when I start the each episode, we go through five senses, and I love doing that because, yeah. and I imagine you use all of your senses in the work that you've done over the years. But it's a great way to ground, and to kind of be in the present. And anyone that's listening, do it with us. Notice where you are, whether you're in an urban area, within the city, or you're climbing a steep hill like we are right now. Ground with us. So, can you tell us where where we are? And first of all, what you can see. Well, we're in Malvern. We're actually on Malvern Hills, and it's a, an ancient battleground. And that's called the, the British Camp. So it goes back a long, long way through history. But that's where we are. We're on the bottom base of Mount uh, Malvern Hills, which shortly will be on top of it. We were wondering why that was called the British yeah. Camp. And that, is that why? So there were these yeah. battles here. Yeah, but yeah, that's where it's all from the ancient days and battles. So we're currently, you can probably hear from, no panting your side, but a slight intake of breath from the rest of us, that we're going up quite a steep hill at the moment, aren't we? It's a reasonable incline. Um, what can you see around you? <laughs> yeah, so we're covered by rolling hills, a little bit of, uh, last bit of ferns on the, on the side of the mountains there, trees, and absolutely beautiful views, which you'll get in a minute. God, it is such a beautiful, I, I really, I think my favorite landscape is quite kind of thick ferns, the trees, like, I like that kind of in and out of forest area. And I grew up in Wales, so this is quite... It reminds me of Brecon Beacons a little bit. It is very much like the Beacons. You just spend some time inclined. there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Spend a lot of time down there, but it's great. It's beautiful. It's fresh air. You get a great view, as you can see now. Oh, wow. Over the whole of Worcester. Oh, my gosh. In Wales. That is, that is incredible. Spectacular, isn't it? So you can see over to the border there, then. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, a place I come regular, actually. Wow. Just sometimes I... you stop and you get actually like, wow. Yeah. That is an incredible view. Once you get to the top. I absolutely love that. That's so nice. I didn't really expect it because you feel like you're in the trees. And like, I knew obviously we're high up, you could feel the elevation, but don't realise that that's right behind you. Right, what about sound? I mean, it's just nature. It's just silence. You leave the odd birds tweeting away, but generally, and obviously the... When there's a bit of a breeze, you'll hear the wind, but that's about it. It's away from the noise and the pollution of the town and the city. Taste? Oh, fresh. Can you taste your bacon sandwich, though? <laughs> I could taste it, yeah. The bacon sandwich is wearing off, and I'm feeling the uh, fresh air. It's beautiful. I can actually taste a bit of my coffee, which is nice. Anyone that's walking, if you think I can't taste anything, have a sip of your water, focus on the sensation, because... We do so much stuff each day when we use our senses all the time, yeah. but we hardly ever hone in or think about what we're sensing, do we? True. Well, you're drinking coffee, why? Like, what is the taste of coffee? Like, like yeah. bring yourself to that moment and think about it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, you never think about it. Having said that, this morning I was feeling, why do I always drink coffee? I don't even like it. It's a bit do you like beer. Like <laughs> no. Do you not like beer? It is a good point, is it? No, I do like it. As in, the effects of it, but I don't actually like the taste of it. But we do it. Yeah. But you were talking about sound there. Now listen, that's all you get is the air. Yeah. The breeze. Oh, that is nice. Drowning out all the chaos and nonsense of the sea. And there's no smell of pollution either, is there? No. It's Beautiful kind of very crisp smell up here, like I would say. It's like really, really fresh at the top. And you've got to hell, this is a full 360 view here. Yeah. This is probably, I'm going to say already, best view of the Stompcast so far. Charlie, would you agree? Yeah. Good. 
touch. Yeah. I think walking on this, we've got, we're quite blessed that we have steps to climb upon. Yeah, you're feeling the concrete, they're hard standing yeah. underneath our feet. And every now and again onto the, the slippery wet mud. You've got to keep steady. Grass. Got to keep steady on that. Yeah. So how, how often do you use these sensors in the work that you do over the years? Or yeah, it's have you had to hone into it? Everything. Sensors tell you everything. And I'll give you a, I was talking again. Recently, I've just been out back in the jungle and I was talking to people about how you soldier in the jungle. And that's all about your senses. Mm. Because if you can imagine, visually, it's claustrophobic. Yeah. Everything's tight around you. Yeah. Everything looks the same. And then the smells, you just, it takes a while to get used to it, to attune to the uh, environment. And then first you get used to your own body smell, sweat, ammonia. Yeah. Then your overpowering senses of the fauna around you, plants, trees. So on a tactical front, once you've got used to that, if any other humans come into the jungle, close to your proximity, the smell, you'll pick it up like that. Really? Yep. You can so smell you can sense other people, smell freshness, other people. Soap, scent, perfume. Oh yeah. So tactically, you sense, so going back to when you use your senses all the time, all the time, feel, touch, sound, the whole lot, you know? Do you think we are deconditioned in kind of civilian life towards those things? Do you think we actually like, because I don't, I often think that outside of doing this, we often don't pay that much notice to our senses or like what's going on around us, our environment, I guess. No, I mean, we don't. I mean, things like this, until you come up here, obviously the visual, it's wow. stunning, isn't it? That's the biggest part of sense we're using at the moment is visual. Oh, unbelievable. Look at it. It's one of the best views I think I've seen. But like I said, this time of the year normally there's either snow on the top of it or at least frost, you know? And we're, we are doing this on the 1st of November. This is on when we're recording. It's crazy. So you would expect, I mean, yeah. it's pretty mild, isn't it? This is really it's mild. It's really mild. So it's it's like, like a... I'm wearing an open jacket with a t-shirt. If anything, I'm a bit warm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's odd really. I think the other day in London it was 21 degrees like on the 30th of October. So it's odd times with the environment and stuff, isn't it? With everything going on. Yeah, mate. With fires and everything. Yeah. I it's mean, kind of scary. the global warming thing, regardless of what you think of it. But there's definitely a change yeah. in the environment, for sure. You know, and with all the, all the stuff that goes on with the illegal logging and all that sort of stuff, de deforestations, it's making a difference, for sure. I think it's, like, almost indisputable to say regardless of whether you think what is contributing or what isn't, we have to think about doing something because it's all ch it's changing yeah. so much and it can't be good. Yeah, and it, you can't turn a blind eye to it. You, you know, everybody's seeing it and feeling it. Yeah. Something's got to be done, and done rapidly, to be honest. So well, talking of sensors then, how have you developed the ability, like you were talking about like smelling uh, like a yeah. human because you, you can notice the difference in sense. Like, yeah. how do you train that? Is that from training? Is it something you're born with and therefore you are good no, at what I've, you do? Or? I think everybody, obviously, we're all, you know, other than the people that are born into disability, we've all got a, a certain standard of senses, you know, smell, sound, touch, the whole thing, the whole shebang. And then, as you grow older, you kind of fine-tune the ones that you use the most. Yeah. You know, especially your visual, you know. I think everybody does that. But in, on a military perspective, 
we really hone in on all the senses, you know, like vision. We spend a lot of time operating at night, getting used to seeing it yeah. as best we can in the dark. And this is why I, I do the, we call it cross-grain. Yeah. Don't use the tracks. In the regiment, you're never allowed to use tracks. Yeah. You set your own path, your own destiny. You've got to choose it's, your own direction. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. And, and re the real reason, tactically, because people ambush tracks. They expect people to be on tracks. They don't expect you to come over. So they, so people, what, the enemy would kind of expect yeah. you to go that way? or Ta Tactical reasons. And all this stemmed really from the jungle days, training in the jungle. Not to use tracks because people ambush tracks. They sit off and wait for because we are. Humans are naturally lazy. We will take a shortcut. Whoa! <coughs> take the source hang. And you got to... Together! Boom! Yeah. SAS. What I forgot to tell you was, there's a sniper out there. <laughs> you okay, yeah, mate? Right. You're right. Sure, that's right. You're right. right. Yeah, yeah, right. Sure. I, you should brought, I totally should have brought the bloody wellies. So there you are, guys, and the Stomcast. There's my prop, proper first for Karen, proper first landing, isn't it? <laughs> so we're doing, guys, we do this properly. We go stomping. We're not doing podcasting in warm, cosy rooms. We're doing it properly. Sorry, go on. So, yeah, back to the tracks. Yeah, you know, you're talking about, yeah, the tracks. I mean, even this on selection yeah. is considered a track. If you were caught on this, you disqualify, you get taken off. It's a wow. tactical bad decision to walk on tracks. You know, you'd, you'd sight, you can always, what we call and rail it, follow it, yeah. but don't walk on it, because that's where they put booby traps, that's where you'd be ambushed. It's quite a lot of military training then, going against your natural senses as well as working with, because just listening to that, like your natural human instinct, as you said, humans are lazy, we are designed, to, and, it, and it comes from a place of conserving energy, doesn't it? Like, yeah. we're designed physiologically to conserve energy and yeah. make things easier for ourselves. So if you're going down a route that's harder or more dangerous or more uncertain, isn't that going against your senses? Well, it, it is, but it's, it's all for a tactical reason, you know, because the enemy like us expect people to use tracks, expect people to take the easy route, yeah. and we won't. We'll definitely take the hardest and the most ridiculous. And, of course, that is, it is a get, going against yeah. all your sort of, as you've alluded to, your senses and stuff, but, yeah, you do. But you talk about senses, and I say I've got it, a sixth sense. Yeah. And that sixth sense tells me, I can, I, I honestly... This ain't, this ain't a good situation we're in. This is a bad situation, yeah. you know. Okay, yeah. You get it, and that's built up over time, experience, and all that, you know, working in all those sort of harsh conditions and stuff. But you do. You, you, get, you just get things. that feeling, something ain't right. And as soon as you get that, stop, recalibrate. Have, have you got an example of when that's kind of, you, where you've done that and it's proved to be, like, true? Um, oh, my God, thank God for that. Yeah, I made it. I say, yes, I have. I've got, I've got, I mean, there's many, many times I've, I've, I've been in that situation where this doesn't feel right. Here's a wild example, right? And it was only like two months ago. So we're down in uh, London. Yeah. We've got the dog. We're taking the, it's about 11 o'clock at night. We're taking the dog for a walk across. We're staying at um, the Ardrack Cafe in Marble Arch. Yeah. We're taking the dog for a little Alfie, bulldog. Taking him for a walk across into Hyde Park. Mm. As we're crossing over there, there's a little bit of greenery under Marble Arch. 30 metres away is a guy sat with a dog. And I'm walking with the missus and Alfie's like generally walking slightly towards it. And I yeah. just said to my wife, I just had a feeling, this don't feel good. Yeah. And I looked up and I was, there's something not right about that dog. And we yeah. always saw was the back of the dog and the guy sat down. By the time we turn, and he's about from here to the fern bushes, the second lot of fern yeah. bushes away from us, we turn that direction, this dog bolted was coming at us. Really? Seriously. And, I, I, and Jules goes, fucking hell, you'd read that one. Yeah. And as he's coming towards us, I turned to grab Alfie. He took a yeah. bit of chunk out of my leg. Wow. Spun around, bit a chunk out of Alfie's face. Oh. Yeah. And, and 
that oh sixth sense just comes from, as a military, most military people, especially in the world that we worked in and the level we work at, it's, your head's almost on a swivel. You're like, yeah. you're always aware of what's around you, the smells, the different smells. And, you know, there's always, those senses tell you, particularly where there's danger. I guess for you, well, I guess in that scenario, obviously that was a dangerous situation, but like, a lot of the scenarios you're in, that's life or death, isn't it? Yeah. So it's almost, <laughs> it's I mean, way of saying, but is it an element of natural selection in a sense as well? Like people like, this is really kind of going quite deep, I guess, but you, if you've got good sixth sense, if you're able to judge situations, you survive, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, we put it down to common sense, common sense and, and, and street, being streetwise. But that comes from, again, experience. Yeah. Of how you're trained, how you grow up, where you've been. And again, going back to when you talk about the senses, the visual sense, the, the sense of smell, jungle's a great example. When, when I finished training, the first place I went was the jungle to Belize. Never been to, I've never been on a plane in my life. Then I'm in this place called Belize, Central America in the jungle, and it's like, everything is claustrophobic, everything is so loud, all these creatures making screams and shouting, and it was petrifying. But then after about a week, you tune into it, and, and you get used to it, and then everything outside of that is elevated. A, a different noise, a human noise, you'll go straight away, that's, that's not an animal, that's not a creature of the forest. So you know people are around. It's and it's so bizarre, but the smell one is, is particularly strong. You know, as I said to you, so you, we've been in the jungle for a while, we're tracking some people, couldn't find them after about two weeks. Do you remember the, uh, the Bisto advert? Yeah, which one? The Bisto, it's, a, it's like a cartoon and the guy smells the Bisto, it's like a line of... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like <laughs> that in the jungle. Yeah. These new people had come into the jungle, freshly Freshly washed. And you just knew. They were two kilometres from us. Wow. But they went down to the river and one of them lit a cigarette, just took a small and this and the smell came all and that's how we found them. It was still two kilometres away from us. But that smell. And these were these the people sense. you're engaging, was it? Yeah, these were people we're tracking, we we're trying to find. Yeah. Oh my gosh. For whatever reason. I think we're very lucky because I one of the things I've really found, like as we've recorded this, and yeah. you know, I grew up in West Wales and where about? Um, so I grew up in uh, Carmarthen, oh, just yeah, outside like of Carmarthen. Okay. Uh, so we spent a lot of my childhood in Pembrokeshire, Beautiful. going up to Brecon Beacons and like walking the coastal path. Like I yeah. absolutely love just being outside. And what I've really enjoyed with this podcast, I've been to so many parts of the UK and you realise how incredibly beautiful the UK yep. is. We go around the world looking for beauty or travel or holidays. All you need to go is just open your door and walk around. And you Mate. go, oh my God, this place is incredible. This, this, is, this is as beautiful as any place I've been. That's exactly what I say. When people say to me, you know, you've been all over the world, blah, blah, blah. And I have, mainly through conflict and stuff, but travel the world and say, where's the best place in the world you've been? And I'll just say home. Because of places like this. And it really is, mate. It's just so beautiful. And you just mentioned Pembrokeshire there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's picturesque, isn't it? Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. And you've the got that. Path. Have you walked the coastal path? Yeah. I imagine you've done a lot yep. down there. You've got, you've got, you know, all that area there. You've got the beauty of Wales. You've got UK, England itself, yep. Scotland. Yeah, there you go. There's a nice little place to live, look. That's amazing, look at that. Yeah, who lives That's in a house absolutely like incredible. We found a little um, cove or cave. This is amazing. Shall I go and take Every time we do an episode, we do a bit of ASMR, and this is this is that. Oh, this ASMR. is perfect. Look at this. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is a. Uh, how is this? How? How? How is this amazing? Look? It's it's, I mean, it's got to be from the, the days of the battles and all that sort of stuff. Well, like digging it out or whatever. Yeah. I'd like to chip it all just, out. Yeah, just how are you going to start doing this? 
I don't know, but they did a good job. And you it's take a uh, time. Great place for survival, eh? I'm coming out very stuck. When the weather's really bad, this is where you get in, get a brew, chill out. Do you know what? In the worst storms, that's probably the best place to exactly. be. Exactly. Get in there, do a navigation check, back out. Do you ever switch it off? No. Do you, are you always, your brain is yeah, always not, ready? Yeah. Not, I, I, mean, don't, I don't mean in the sense of ready to battle, but in terms of you, you're always aware. Yeah. Or try to be. I mean, I'll tell you what drives me nuts, mate. You walk around and you see, even out here, you see people with head on the phone. Yeah, I know. I don't get it. Put your phone down. Yeah, put it down. Look get, up. Get your earphones out. Have a look. Listen. You know, I, I said it before on this, we were talking about this in this few episodes before. Yeah. So much of what they do now for like post-traumatic uh, stress and, and, and for dealing with traumas and mental yep. processing is getting people looking to horizons and doing eye movements. I know people like talk about, oh, you know, I gaze out to the sea and you feel better. And, you know, sometimes you can look at the horizon. Well, actually, it's not just sayings. There's science in that. Like there's yeah. something about eye line and the horizon looking to the distance that process that is actually just so good for dealing with stuff here. If you're walking around this the whole time exactly. and you don't see anything, you're, you're going to feel awful, are you? It, it clears your mind, doesn't it? You know, you're looking out over the horizon, you, you're watching the beauty to start with, then actually you then, that's oblivious then. Then you're thinking about whatever you want to think about. It yeah. clears your mind. And I always say, you know, talking about the best two ways to treat anybody that's having mental illness and stress is come out to a place like this, bring an animal, yeah. bring a dog yeah. or, or anything. You know, it's just animals and... and Nature just, this is just brilliant for keeping you peaceful and calming you down and it's just amazing. We've seen, do you know what, we've walked, we've climbed one side where it felt like a storm was brewing and it was windy and now come and this is pretty much as still as it goes, isn't it? There's no oh, yeah. wind at all here. Ah, it's, it's so still. The sun's come out, it's been rainy today, it's been sunny, we've had all British weathers today. So, um, evidently, I, my stomping toolkit maybe isn't as, uh, as equipped as yours. What do, you, what do you like to bring when you go out for a, you know, a walk like this? And, and how does that compare to the Mate, army days and the obvious? I'll, I'll tell you what, again, this, this has kind of been drummed into me. Even before I joined the military, I was in the cadets. So I, you know, I learned about being outdoors and being prepared for expect the unexpected, basically. And if you think about it, just we've walked, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. And we've gone through cold. Horrendous winds. Yeah. Now we've got sun. Yeah. Next will come the rain. So basically, every time I go out any, anywhere on the hills or outdoors, I make sure that I've got a day sack, I've got dry kit in there, I've got fluids, a little bit of something to eat in, in case you know you're out for longer than you expect. And generally, I'd have a map and compass if I didn't know the area. But this, I know pretty well. So. So yes. you believe in the motto of fail? Uh, what's it? Fail to prepare. Fail to prepare and prepare to fail. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I say, expect the unexpected. You can come out, it's red on like this. By the time we get back on top of there, it could be blowing a hoolie. And if, yeah. it's, if the wind's changed, the rain's coming down, you know, your visual is impaired. Yeah. And then you sort of head down, going all over the place, yeah. you could end up in a, a pretty sticky situation. And, and also, Not so much here, but I mean, if you think about the beacons. Well, I was just about to bring up, people have, uh, uh, you know, and it, it, people have lost their lives, haven't they, in the back yeah. of beacons. Who are, or even the other one that's common, of course, again, in Wales, is Snowden as well. Yeah. People, like, take, what's the word? I think because they see Snowden as like, oh, it's a tourist attraction, they treat and they underestimate the mountain and don't realise how dangerous it can be. You get complacent. And a great example of that, mate, years ago when I was uh, in the parachute regiment, and the parachute regiment used the beacons quite a lot as well. I was down there with the recruits, and again, it must have been about, it was winter time, either, you know, October or November, Jan into January, February time, whatever it was, it was a bad time. And you wait for that clear day to go up over the Penny Fan. And I remember, we were halfway up uh, the track going up to the top of Penny Fan, and we came across a bunch of school kids. 
you know, absolutely, you know, in, in disarray. Really? Got all the teeth and goes, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. And she's like, no, no, we're okay, we're going to be fine. Anyway, long no, story short, they ended up getting Kaziavat off the mountain, you know, oh, wow. and you just think how easy you can get caught out. Things can change very quickly, can't they? And yeah. even like environments like, I'm watching a TV show, um, uh, Saving Lives at Sea, and you even like, you, people underestimate nature so much. And that's the thing with like even global warming. And, and I think it was a real, you know, in the summer when it was so hot and like houses were literally setting alight and fires yeah, were happening. Right, yeah. we've, I felt really aware that we are so vulnerable to nature. We are actually so weak compared to the sea, the ocean, to the elements. I mean, we couldn't, like people couldn't leave the house, it was so hot. Things were setting alight. We were like, oh my gosh, can we actually control fires here? Or you know, even in the ocean, when you've got terrible storms, there's nothing you can do almost when... You're in the hands You of can't the control the sea, can you? No. I mean, and people get in such trouble so quickly. And life, yeah. can, life can change like that, can't it? In a moment, everything is, you're on the beach enjoying yeah. a swim in the sea and the next second, tide's I mean, turned and it's, it's a different you, you scenario. Can't, you can't prepare for every eventuality, you know? Things will happen on the, you know, turn of a sixpence. But I mean, when you know you're going to go into places, go out to the outdoors and do, then you can prepare so much. You do a little bit of a personal risk assessment, making sure you know, you've got the right bootwear, you've got the right clothing. <laughs> I'm not saying this to you, but... No, you're right. You know, you know, know what I'm saying? saying. So, like, be prepared. Yeah, but... Be prepared. You know, I think, where was I? We're out in Vietnam, and uh, it was like this. It was beautiful, it's jungle, it's tropical. And then we had the back end of a typhoon. Jeez, flash floods everywhere, camp got washed out, and it happened like that. And you can see why people get caught out. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Because when nature hits, it hits hard. It hits hard. And it's yeah, unforgiving. But it's also incredibly beautiful, isn't it? When yeah. you're prepared and when you know what you're facing or you can enjoy it, it's just incredible. Now, again, we just walked out onto another beautiful peak and you just look around and think, oh my gosh, how far can we see here? Mate, you, <laughs> you know, you know how far. You're talking what? 15 miles, 20 miles maybe? Easy. It's crazy, isn't it? A lot of the UK, because of course we have so much undulations, don't we, in the terrain, you don't often get that kind of, as, as, there's not many places you can actually really look no. into the distance, can you? It is particularly good. There's a few places down this neck of the woods, you know, where you can see all the way across into Wales, all the way across uh, parts of UK, uh, England. It, it's beautiful. You just get the 360 and it's, a, it's amazing. But the, the thing is, with the outdoors and all this sort of stuff, for me, mate, people say to you, well, how do you keep fit? I train virtually every day if I can. And they go, well, what gym do you go to? I said, I am the gym. I love that. I am the gym. I love that, yeah. There ain't You've one exercise outside, yeah. you can do in that gym that yeah. I can't do here. Yeah. yeah. Press up, sit ups, whatever it might be. But the beauty of this, and I always say this, right? This is free. Yeah. This is for everybody. It is. And you're absolutely right. Mentally, it stabilizes you. Physically, it challenges you. Yeah. And it's there for everybody. Yeah. And and, and the, the kind of the therapeutic effects of exercising outdoors is infinite compared to inside a gym. And I, and I go to the gym, I, it's part of what I do, but by far my biggest benefits is going out every day for a walk or just being outside. So you can, anyone can, I kind of, pretty much anyone can access that. Exactly, and just, you know, you just, if you're up here on your own, you're just walking, you're thinking about things, you've got no distractions. No. You're not walking past the middle where somebody's flexing his triceps and <laughs> you know, showing you his lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you know what I'm saying a huge thanks again to our sponsor this week Fitflop they're lightweight shoes that are engineered with our bodies and mind are sure to keep you stomping in comfort for longer 
Head over to fitflop.com to choose the perfect pair for you. Thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode with Billy Billingham in Malvern. If you're not finished stomping yet, make sure to go and listen to part two now or come back tomorrow and catch up on the next part. See you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.